the Hawaii Sports Radio Network on 95.1 FM and AM 760 presents Wake Up in the Den with Kuwale Ogbayani. Wake up in the den, Kule Akbayani, Alamia. Happy Monday. And yes, in the words of Alan just now before we jumped on air. Woo! Woo! And I guess in the words of Ric Flair. Oh. <laughs> but I hope you guys had an amazing weekend. It was just, man, it was a jam-packed weekend all the way through, of course, football. But my goodness, the Eddie actually went despite the, you know. Alan over here not believing. No, 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 no. The weather was beautiful. I watched it. It it was funny because actually Billy Hall, our good friend that works for the Star Advertiser, tweeted about it. And I was the same way. Like, I barely watched any football. Like, I I had it on the TV because the other half, of course, was like, I need to watch my football. Not, But I had it, like, on my phone or on my computer streaming on YouTube, like, pretty much the entire day. We even had to go to brunch with a friend that was leaving. (laughs) And I was like... Okay, well, don't mind. I'm going to be, you know, watching my surfing, which was fine because they had another phone streaming the Bengals game. And I'm like, all right, you guys watch football game. I'm still going to watch my surfing. I could not look away. The waves were epic. The weather was epic. Oh, my gosh. Like, I don't even know where to start with this contest. It was so awesome. I think, well, obviously, I guess the first thing to start with is, of course, the winner. Just just the fact that it was won by a Honolulu City and County and North Shore native. He's a lifeguard. A lifeguard. Luke Shepardson was the winner of the Eddie yesterday and won $10,000 in prize money as well as 350,000 Hawaiian miles. But, of course, just being the tenth, only the 10th winner in this very prestigious competition will get you tons of endorsement deals and Once again, did I mention that he's a lifeguard? So, I mean, you can't write a better story as, which, of course, shout out to all the lifeguards and the Hawaiian Water Patrol team that were out there saving people that, I mean, we mentioned it a lot in the show, like, stay away from the water, but got to give them a shout out. And not just the ones that were on the North Shore, but just every single day, constantly saving lives, being on alert, and mahalo to, again, the lifeguards, water patrol team, and I'm getting chicken skin just talking about the fact that a lifeguard himself won, won, and he actually mentioned it in his little, I don't know what you call it, a post-game interview. (laughs) So KHON2 News did have a chance to catch up with him right after the win, and one of the things he mentions is just being like back in the tower, but this is what he had to say. Luke Shepardson, following the announcement that he won the Eddie Aikau Big Wave Invitational yesterday. Okay, Luke, when you woke up this morning to get ready to be a lifeguard, did you know that you were going to win the Eddie Aikau Big Wave Invitational today? I didn't think I was, but I told myself I'm in it because I can win it. And that's what I was telling myself all day. Super scary, waves were huge. There's a dream come true to be a part of the Eddie, to just be on the alternate list and then to be in it. And I can't believe it, it's fucking crazy. Tell me about some of these waves. You got 10, a couple nines, and even I think another 10 uh, out there. You're in tune like no other. <laughs> Tell me about your experience out there. I, don't know, I just, wow, I can't believe it. It's 
it's surreal. It's a dream come true, and fucking, uh, I gotta get back to the tower. And like Eddie Aikau, who's a lifeguard here, how does it feel like to almost completely follow in his footsteps? I'll never be as good as Eddie, but that uh, someone to look up to and try to, someone I aspire to be like. And, yeah, I gotta get back to the tower to make sure everyone's okay until the end of the day. There you are, talking about going back to the tower. Luke Shepardson, and I, that was via KHON2 News, so I heard might have heard differently on during that interview. There was just a lot going on, and we always mentioned how it's always on one side, but apologies if I heard differently. We'll blame K-Twin. <laughs> There's so but much it, raw it, it's, emotion. It, yeah, it, it's a huge deal. Again, lifeguard and like one of the like, things he said is just, I got to go back to the tower. Like that's pure lifeguard things. So I want to say something because he mentioned something in his, you know, in this interview with K-Twin that that really rings true. And I, I know there's a lot of naysayers out there. I know you're you're possibly dealing with some of uh, some detractors here about the coverage, right? But what people don't realize is this is more than a tournament. This is more of this is more this is more than just winning and losing, being a part. It, it's strictly just being a part of it. And and Luke uh, Shepardson said it said it correctly. He was like, I was just happy to be invited or be on the alternate list and then be in it and mm-hmm. then let alone you know. Um, and and that's what this is about. You ask any of those surfers that are involved in it, male or female, it wasn't about riding. It wasn't about winning. It wasn't about being, you know, having their name talked about in the media. It was simply they were one of the few chosen because this is not a, a large crowd. This is not a large field. They were the one of the few chosen to be a part of something that has only ran 10 times. Think about that. That's oh, what yeah. it's about. It's and, and I get chicken skin thinking about it. It's it's not about winning. And as as you talk to all these surfers, they all got something. They all got they all got some money for it. But it's in in the grand scheme of things, of of purses, it's it's nothing. Uh, I, actually, I kind of like the mileage though, three hundred fifty thousand. Yeah, it that, was only it was only forty five thousand dollars. Yeah, or forty five thousand five hundred dollars worth of total prize money. But hey, but yeah, the Hawaiian miles the Hawaiian are miles. worth a lot. Ooh. Yeah, but then but you know, but it's 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 the prestige. You know, it's 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 the prestige of being able to say, I was one of the few chosen to be a part of the tenth ever Eddie Ical Big Wave Invitational. That's what it's about. Oh not, yeah, not about being like, hey, Kule, how awesome is it to be a part of the Big Wave Invitational? <laughs> and did you win? It's not about that. Yeah, I mean, and and like you said, there's only forty people that are invited, and of course they have the alternate list, which there were quite a few, like Luke that got to go in as an alternate, but only forty people are on that list of invitees, and and some are obviously the best big wave circle surfers in the world. Others are just like Michael Hole. Oh my goodness! So he was in his seventh. This was his seventh it's Eddie Icau. And he's like rushing the waves at 65 years young. So shout out to Michael Hole being out there. And of course, Kelly Slater, who's out there at 50 years old. But as we know, he's like not even showing signs of slowing down as he turns 51, I believe, this year. Going to compete in the Pipeline uh, Masters. And it's just amazing. Luke Shepardson, John John Florence, the winner of the event in 2016, the last time it ran, he was the runner-up, earned $8,000 worth of prize money. And got to give a shout out to 
Zeke Lau, who he finished sixth, won $1,000, but he received 250,000 Hawaiian miles for winning the best wave of the day. So shout out to Zeke for that. I mean, it was just pure. It was epic. Like, I can't even think of the many words that you can use to describe the contest yesterday because just watching it and it got bigger. I tweeted about it at 1130. I was like, man, the waves were already huge. And the, the commentators kept saying we're expecting the waves to get bigger and they did throughout the day and I'm like oh my goodness it was just it was amazing and it was funny after the tournament was after the contest was Paul maybe like an hour or two after you know I was watching the news and they were still saying that the the buoy out there the first buoy reading is still reading at 21 feet and I was thinking to myself good lord because all it does is it continues to rise as it gets closer to the shore too and I'm thinking like they're still pumping out huge waves. And a lot of those surfers that were in, in yesterday's competition, trust me, they're all on like Maui right now, surfing Jaws and, and going to the North, I mean, you know, to the uh, to the big island also to kind of catch this swell because it's a massive, massive swell. But it was it was a chicken skin moment. And and I swear watching it on TV and the streams, though, doesn't do it doesn't do the 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 height and the and the magnitude of what these guys are surfing any justice because you watch it on TV I remember the first time I moved here when I watched it on TV <laughs> for the first time because I, I was I was blessed to be here uh for for a couple of them now and um I remember watching and I was like oh it doesn't look that big oh boy was I mistaken <laughs> it's just the camera does not do do it justice you you gotta if you ever get the opportunity Besides being on the shoreline, go see it because then you truly understand the magnitude of what these guys are facing and these women now. And, and so, it's such an honor to be a part of it. And it's still scary. Like Luke Shepardson said, he was like, oh, it was scary. And that, that goes to show like even these guys that are rel- – I, I don't want to say you're used to the surfing waves this big because the, the height of these particular waves you don't get used to too. I mean he's not – you know, a professional big wave surfer per se, where he is going and flying around the world, like going to Nazare and Jaws all the time. He's a lifeguard, you know, like he's not actively surfing these humongous waves. And I bet, like, I can't imagine how scary it is. Like you're just coming down and then there's like epic wipeouts. And I think that's the best thing of the day is that there were, there were a few injuries and, but there was no loss of life, nothing, no injury that was, super like catastrophic yeah catastrophic you know someone like being unconscious or whatnot which that's also something that I have to mention there's so much stuff to mention about the world of surfing where you have Billy Kemper and Makua Rothman both got injured in the backdoor shootout just maybe a week ago Makua I believe tore his ACL and Billy Kemper also had a knee injury and they were charging the waves too like are you kidding me and and Makua Rothman his ACL injury was on that back leg, his back leg, and where he like puts the leash on. So if you've ever surfed, that's where a lot of like your weight distribution goes on the back leg, and then the leash is pulling on you. So if you wipe out, and they were talking about, oh, is he going to put it like attach it to his body? But there was one I saw like he just charged the wave and he put his hands up, and everyone's like going crazy because just being injured. And then on top of that, he didn't surf yesterday, but Kalal Grace want to send our Aloha to Kala Grace. He was also, he suffered the worst injury at the backdoor shootout a week ago where he was knocked unconscious at at Pipeline. He had a helmet on and everything. He had a helmet on, but he had wiped out. And then I think the one of the follow-up waves knocked him 
down and he hit the reef and then his helmet came off and then he was unconscious. But fortunately, the lifeguard was right there. Lifeguard jumped off his jet ski into the water because he could tell that Kala Grace was knocked out to try to hold. And while the waves are coming, tries to hold him up above water and then they get him to shore, try to perform CPR, rush him to the ICU. But fortunately... At least all the accounts on social media, Kala Grace is at home and yes. seems to be doing well. So, whew, but just fortunate for him that he's doing well. And then again, I can't say enough about Billy Kemper, Makua Rothman. Just And Billy finished fourth place winning $3,000. So, I mean, they're just like, it's, surfers are just built different. And it was kind of funny where they were making a joke on it on on the the commentators are like, yeah, what is that football players? <laughs> these guys are like torn ACL and everything, Still charging bombing. these huge waves. They're like, That's I need to because it rarely happens. We talk about it. It's being a part of it that is a big deal. And they were like, we are not missing this injury and all. They're like, we're going to go. We're going to charge. That's, and that's what I mean. Like, again, it doesn't matter. The coverage doesn't matter for these guys because internally they've already won the day. Mm-hmm. You get to say amongst your peers, the pro surfers, because the women that were in it, the men that were in it, when they go back on tour and, and they're surfing competitions with their peers, you know, you know what that that conversation is amongst them? Like, holy cow, holy cow. Uh, trust me, we another word. <laughs> um, uh, it's another word. But holy cow, you were in the, you know, the Eddie Ical big wave invitational. What was it like? That's that's what it means to these guys. It has nothing to do about the notoriety and the coverage on TV. They could care less about it. And and actually, Uncle Clyde Ikao said it best when he was doing the award ceremony that he he said congratulations to everyone that just paddled out yesterday. And that's true. Like you just catch one, even just one wave, but just to one be invited, two to even have you know the courage to paddle out there and. Oh, my goodness. But we got to step aside really quick and then we'll come back and continue our conversation about surfing because I am just like still on this high of what happened yesterday. And of course, we'll get into the what happened in the NFL. All of that and more next on Wake Up in the Den. Akbayani, Alamia, talking all about the epic day on the North Shore with the Eddie Aikau Big Wave Invitational. So happy that it actually went yesterday and there couldn't have been better waves, better conditions. Um, congratulations once again to Luke Shepardson, a Honolulu City and County lifeguard and a North Shore native who won and we mentioned this before the break, winning $10,000 and Hawaiian miles. But I mean, just the fact of just winning John John Florence, who won in 2016, was the runner-up. Mark Healy finished third, which I tweeted about that wave because that was one of the best waves I've seen. And I'm I'm bummed because I think during my, like, in-between of not watching the Eddie, I think I missed Zeke Lau's wave because, as we mentioned, Zeke won the—he he placed sixth, but he won the best wave of the day. So Mark Healy was third, and Billy Kemper finished fourth and injured Billy Kemper. Kai Lenny, another local kid, finished fifth. Zeke Lau again sixth. Landon McNamara finished seventh, and Kelly E. Malama finished eighth. So they won a thousand dollars from fifth to eighth place. Mark Healy, Billy Kemper for third and fourth. 
um, Mark Healy winning 5,000, Billy winning 3,000, and then everybody else that finished behind that all earned $500. But we can't say it time and time again. It really was just being able to be invited and to surf in this contest. Speaking of people being invited, it was huge and historic, obviously, for women that were included. So in this field, six women altogether were invited. Andrea Moeller, who, shout out to her, making history as the first woman. She was in the first heat and she was she did catch a wave and she was the first woman to essentially compete in the Eddie Aikau Big Wave Invitational. Along with her, Emily Erickson, Justine DuPont, Keala Kennelly, who... Keala, we, we've heard time and time again, she was on the alternate list the last time, and McCunny Adrick and Paige Alms. Unfortunately, Andrea Moeller, when we're looking at the full scorecard, she did finish in 40th place. The highest ranking female was Paige Alms, who finished in 31st place, followed by McCunny Adrick, Keala, Keala Kennelly finished 34th, Emily Erickson at 37th, and Justine DuPont at 38th, and then... Andrea Moeller finished at 40th, but it's just huge for the contest to even invite the ladies to compete. And despite what some people on Twitter might think, I do think the coverage was equal in all parts. Like they spoke a lot about the Manawahine that were competing and how big it was and how major it was that they were invited. And it is, and they will continue to be invited because that's in this particular contest. That's the biggest thing. Other than that, you'd want to be equal. You don't want to be placed any higher than the guys just because you're a woman. No way, Jose. It's like we're just here to compete, kind of like how I am here. I'm in a male-dominated field. I just wanted to be given the opportunity to talk about sports on the radio. And so far, Alan hasn't kicked me off yet. But you are. Right. <laughs> I don't want to. Yeah, I don't want right. to be given like the the trophy. Like we mentioned, what is it? The national sports media something something and and. Mahalo to everyone. They were like, oh, you should be nominated in the Sportscaster of the Year Award. And I'm like, um, no, I have a lot more to accomplish to my male colleagues. But and I would the last thing I would want is to be given that award because they're like, oh, we should give it to the woman because she's a woman. Like, no, thank you. Don't give me a participation trophy, please. I need to earn that. I just want to be given the opportunity, which fortunately people over here at Hawaii Sports Radio Network gave me this opportunity and from there on you know what I'm gonna I'm gonna work hard I'm gonna bust my butt and work to be better than the boys <laughs> and, and you're on your way there uh you know I, I agree with everything you just said there the, this is not the tournament to fight for that right um you, you don't want the coverage was perfect I every time I turned on the tv to see different avenues you know different means of coverage for the Eddie Ical big wave invitational they were always talking about what a momentous occasion this is that we had female surfers invited and we had female surfers out there in the lineup um, and and then interviewing them as they came in. I mean, the coverage was wall to wall. Mm -hmm. So for people to sit there and say the coverage wasn't what it should have been, you're, you're absolutely kidding yourself. I'm like, were you not um, watching the yeah, whole time? <laughs> exactly. It's that. And then also, again, this is not the this wasn't the invitational for that. This invitational is more, again, being able to say you're invited, to be a part of it, to be a part of history and the nostalgia of what Eddie Aikau meant to the our state and surfing and and what he stood as a human being for. That's what this is about. This isn't about your moment to sit there and, and go like, oh, the women weren't getting enough coverage because they were. 
Yeah. And it was, again, And kudos. all we talk about still today is, like, how awesome it was that they were invited and that they were in the lineup. And then, you know, they one, uh, what, uh, sorry, which one was it that caught the wave? I keep, uh, I keep Andrew wanting Moeller, to, yeah, I keep wanting to one. say Paige. And I'm like, no, Paige didn't catch, uh, but, um, but that's what it's about, being invited, to be a part of it, to sit there and say, like, guys, they thought highly of me enough to invite me. Mm-hmm. And they didn't catch as many waves. So if you're, let me backtrack a little bit. If you weren't familiar with the format, the format is very, very different from a normal surf competition. So it was two rounds of eight person heats and everyone gets to surf twice, no matter what. And they, they, they divvied up. I believe they had like one woman in each, in each heat for the most part. And each surfer's top four rides count toward a total score and those top four rides can come from one or both heats so if you didn't surf great or the waves were a little smaller the first time around then you get another opportunity and you can only catch a maximum of four waves per heat so if you were able to catch four waves then you would have to paddle in and then they take your top four um, best waves from both heats and sometimes you don't even catch a total of four waves per heat and it was very fair. You can have, unlike other surfing competitions, you can have multiple people on one wave. There is no priority per se, just because it's really hard to like bail out. Like once you commit, you're committing to a mountain, riding down a mountain. Uh, where in normal surf competitions, there's always like this um, priority where you see the P and one person gets to catch it, and then it becomes strategic. But the eddy is very, very different in that sense so everyone gets a fair shot to surf their best waves again you can't just hog all the waves and surf more than four in the heat once you had four waves you're done then you would have to come back in and then essentially everybody else would get their equal shot so looking at the final scorecard i mean andrea moeller they she only had like one wave for that first round like you look at some of the other guys like they took advantage and surfed a bunch of waves but you know, if you didn't catch any any waves, like there's only Keala had that one scored wave in her top four of the first round. And pretty much all of them, only Paige Alms had two scores in the first round. And then she had two scores in round two. Keala, for her part, and she did a lot better in round two where she did have four scores written down. So, I mean, the scoring system is very, very fair. The coverage was impeccable. And again, just the the fact that the women were invited is huge and they will continue to be invited. And that's, that's like, I can't stress how much of a big deal it is for this particular competition. And because like, you're not, like I said earlier, not necessarily inviting, you're inviting tradition like Michael Ho, right? I'm sure there's a ton of other big wave surf, surf, surfers, but you have to include Michael Ho at 65 years young. I still can't get over that. And he's like getting back in the water, charging the big waves. 65 years young, Alan. I'm I want to be him, when I, I wanna be him no. when I grow up. <laughs> no. Not like, no, thanks. No, thanks. <laughs> not my, that's not my thrill. <laughs> but let me tell you something. I, it's just, you have to put into perspective, there's no way I would go out there at all. And now now you're expecting, you know, like like what I'm trying to say is like, that's why this, this a, turn, a contest like this is so, more, so much more than surfing itself because you don't even, I don't even get mad that like people didn't even catch a wave. Like Mm-mm. screw that. Like just paddling like, out just there. Just paddling out there like. When you got a lifeguard going, this is scary. When you got the winner of the Eddie Ical, who's a lifeguard going, like, this was scary. Mm-hmm. 
That should tell you something right there. So you know what? Just being there is good enough, is great enough, is is historic enough. Like, bruh, because it, it, it ain't me. It, it, trust me. <laughs> it's, it's so cute. My mom just texted me. and Hi, mom. Hi, um, mom. I, Hi, I, auntie. And I'm like, thank you for reminding me because that part was she just texted me and she liked when the two guys caught the wave and they fist bumped. I think it was Shane Dorian and somebody else but I, I remember I was watching that time too I almost forgot about that like because I mentioned you can multiple people can catch a wave and they I can't, can't we talked about just paddling out and it wasn't it was obviously a big wave and like that's how calm cool and collected these guys are they're, oh, I know. they're charging down the mountain and then I think one crossed over the other and they got close enough riding a big big wave and they fist bumped that's so true that's it was awesome but that but that should also again that goes back to our point like, like, like we're talking about this is not a ter- contest for these guys yeah, this is about chilling. this is about being a part of again history and yeah. something special that where it's not a competition these guys these guys are like let's go home safe but while we're out here let's have a good time i think the one of the 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 greatest moments i saw was a was a wave where there was, i think there was three riders that Actually, I, I don't know which three it was, but they caught it. Um, didn't last very long, but three of them, you know, were able to to stand up on their boards and start to charge. And and I was thinking, like, what what a great picture because in a competition you wouldn't see this happening. Yeah. But that should tell you what this isn't a competition. This is just being out there, have fun, enjoy <laughs> yeah. the moment, and 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 pray to God because that's what you're doing the whole time because it's so scary out there. And again, that was the biggest win. There was no loss of life. There were a few injuries and including, I, I believe, Keala got injured a little bit. But for the most part, nothing that was life-threatening. And my goodness, I just can't get over it. By the way, the, the, you can watch the replay on YouTube if you missed any of it. And there's highlights all over the internet. And it was just an epic, epic day. Um, even, even when they announced the winner's I, on stage, they only announced the top eight because those are the ones that got more prize money than the $500. But all of those guys, they were just like chilling, laughing. They lifted Luke up on their shoulders and everyone's dumping beer on him. And it was just such an exciting day. By the um, way, that hurts. <laughs> oh, if they lift you up on no. your shoulders. Alcohol in the eyes hurts. Oh, yeah. It's so funny because some cool. like got in his mouth and he's just like, "What's going on?" I, he was just crying, and I, and I'm like, "This is awesome!" Like, shout out again to Luke Shepherdson for winning the Eddie Icow Big Wave Invitational, and congratulations to everyone that paddled out and competed, and to the lifeguards and the Hawaii Water Patrol team that just kept everybody safe. I mean, they were in and out, and people don't understand when you're out there on jet skis. You, it's it's like a calculated, almost like a dance where they need to go in at the right time to grab these surfers and make sure they get out of the of like whitewash as soon as possible. Because the last thing you want is the jet ski to go over. And oh man, just watching them get everyone, it was incredible. Um, my goodness, shout, shout out to the Aikau family for even being able to like put this like set everything up in the span of less than 24 hours it's just everything by far the day was everything and the bay called the day and the day was epic it was a gorgeous day it, it really was and shout out again to the to the lifeguards man they they're 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 the ones they are the ones and this is why sitting county pay these guys yeah, they're worth every freaking penny that you could ever, ever imagine, especially in Hawaii, where tourists will go to the beach all the time. Oh, my goodness. Even seeing the videos like that's why when I went to go watch, I was up on the cliff because you don't even want to be on the shore because as the waves start to come in, the tide gets higher. And you saw tons of video where the wave 
And fortunately, nobody got sucked out. One lady I, just, I saw did get, because they were under the trees or something. And then one lady was like stuck under a log that was like dragging her. And people fortunately went and like got her, got the log off and she ran away. But like just get, and then I see like kids like, oh my goodness, don't bring your kids near the well, shore. Well, the baby got swept away, but luckily they were able to save yeah, the baby. Yeah, I'm like, people, this is what happened. This is how you know people never grew up like around a surfing family, like you have to know. You can tell when the tide's coming up and the waves are getting higher. And that's usually your cue. Like, I probably shouldn't be standing here when there's big waves. But, again, the fortunately— The best is, like, the people on the oh. shore, like, in that in that area, the one that get me, and then they have, like, all this gear. And instead of just getting to safety, they're worried about, like, all their stuff. I'm like, at that point, guys— <laughs> I'm out of here. I'm out. Like, yeah. later, dude. I don't care about your camera. I don't care about your backpack full of your food and what your phone. Deuces. <laughs> Like, Which that's another thing. I'm like, I wouldn't even put my bags on the ground. I wouldn't. But again, I wouldn't even have been on the ground. I would have been on the cliff where it's a lot safer to be. But You know why? Because while you're struggling to save all your stuff. The water can come the, up. The, the, no, like, you're, like while you're struggling to keep your stuff dry and whatnot, you're, you're like starting to lose the fight for your life. And then you got to put other people at risk because now they come running in to try to save you. And it's like, guys, we got to be smart of where we're sitting. Know, know the surroundings. And know how much stuff we have. And if it's valuable, don't bring it. And that was the thing. There were lifeguards, obviously, in the water, all the water patrol. And then there were the lifeguards still in the towers that were, like, with their ATVs, like, trying to, like, save people, telling them to get, like, you guys got to back up. And then you have some people that know, like, listen. Oh, I oh, don't like listen. <laughs> but again, Linda. mahalo and shout out to the lifeguards kept everyone safe. And yeah, all right. When we come back, we'll switch gears and talk a little NFL on Wake Up in the Den. Wake Up in the Den with Kuulei Agbayani on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760. Of all the beautiful people, let's wake up in the Dan Kule, Agbayani, Alamia. Also, got to give a shout out, a birthday shout out to Ian Shoemaker, the offensive coordinator over there for the University of Hawaii football team. And we were, we were actually just with the Shoemakers last night as well, as we were all at the Rainbow Warrior volleyball um, fundraising Aokoa. dinner. Yeah, it was it was fun. Uh, Coach Milan, it's like the most I ever heard him speak. He was kind of taking over the show a little bit. And what, you never seen him? No, not at these dinners. Like, he's usually just kind of like, oh, you know, they introduce him. But he kind of took over the mic a little bit. And it was, it was, it was fun to see. And even when we were trying to do, like, a group photo, <laughs> which I didn't get a good one. I got a decent one. I didn't even post it yet, though. But they were on stage to do the, the group team photo. And Mil Coach Milan is, like, in the middle. And I, I don't know what he was doing. But I think he was trying to say, like, oh, let's point to our banners, you know, the national championship banners. And then he's like, this way. And then everyone's like, no, wait, look over here. And it was just, it was a fun time. And I think after a while, too, Charlie was like, okay, I'm going. <laughs> but it, it was nice to see, yeah, Coach Milan kind of like cut loose a little bit as, because he is the funny one. Like, if people don't know, he's actually a goofball. That's what the team, like the players always say. But he's he's a good coach. We've gotten a lot of good recruits because of him, because in Bulgaria, he's like very, very famous in the volleyball world. But it was nice to kind of, yeah, see yeah. Coach Milan just I'm, cut loose a little bit at the dinner because he, he rarely ever does. I'm, it's usually, we joke because it's like Charlie always 
talks the most and then but it was nice to see yeah no i'm blessed because i get to see these guys in a little bit of different light because when i when i get to MC their stuff so i'm in the tunnel with them yeah. i'm in the lot you know on the outside of the locker room and i get to see firsthand his personality what the players see on a daily basis and you're right he's full of energy he's full of life he's energetic he's he's a clown like a clown in a good way he's he's that jokester that prankster um he he makes it light in a stressful situation, he makes it light, but yet still knows what he's doing, and it's and it's 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 a crazy dynamic he has, um, knowing when to take over, when not to, and and also when he when he he knows like when they need a laugh more than a scolding, he knows when they <laughs> need a scolding more than a laugh. It's it's just it's weird, and it's and it's awesome to watch it firsthand and and kind of a a different capacity than what the crowd sees. Like mm-hmm. I get to see it up close, and uh, he's he's truly special. And and, and what's amazing to me is. The way he works alongside Charlie, oh my gosh, it's mind-blowing awesome because you got a guy who's just rightfully, you know, knowledgeable, if not more, probably, uh, on the international level side, probably more more so, um, but who's happy to be where he's at in his role, and that's it's, it's it was made for him, you know what I mean? It's like, this is the picture-perfect role, and he doesn't want, like, and he's not that guy that's trying to get more out of it than, you know then there is like a lot of aspiring coaches would be, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? So no, it was awesome. And um, <laughs> I have to make uh, And Brian Tanaka. Grr. Oh, <laughs> he no. outbid you me got on something grr. I wanted. Well, I actually, I honestly, I don't even know if it was him that outbid me. I wanted another, uh, like in here we have the 2021 NCAA replica trophy. I was trying to, they had a few available. I, I was trying to bid on the 2022 trophy. And also they had a beautiful, like, um, replica banner flag thing that was fr- in a koa frame that was autographed by the team and i was bidding on those two things and i like got outbid on like like right before the auction closed so i couldn't try to outbid the other person but ryan was sitting on the table next to us and he had like the tro- you know after everyone cashes out or whatever and gets their items and i saw that he had the trophy i was like ryan you <laughs> dang it i was like i was so determined and i didn't get the trophy or the flag i was wondering like bummed i really wanted to because essentially it goes through the good cause it goes to support the rainbow warrior volleyball team and it 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 adds to the office i i need a matching trophy hopefully some of the uh people can i'll I'll pay the same amount that was auction i just want the item Give me another oh, one. Let me try to shoot a message here to Charlie yeah, here. We'll, it, we'll pay it, the same amount. And it was a pretty significant amount of money. So, hey, it's probably a lot cheaper just to buy it. <laughs> I think it's like 70 bucks, but it was probably like three times that amount or something when you're in the auction. But eh, it's okay. Anywho, getting back on track to NFL football. All right, we'll start with the Saturday games. <sighs> As to be expected, the Chiefs just barely beating the Jaguars 27-20. That's when I kind of talked. We were talking about the spreads on Friday. And I was kind of, I shied away from that game because the spread was too big. Because the Chiefs, I mean, granted, Patrick Mahomes did get injured and was playing on an injured ankle. But I had a feeling the game would go this. No, no, no um, hesitation whatsoever or doubt that they would win the game. But the Chiefs tend to like to... Um, keep games close over teams that you expect them to blow out so only winning by seven and moving on to the AFC championship game but it was still a good game nonetheless and in the second game on Saturday thanks a lot AC your team sucks not just kidding 
the New York oh, Giants. Just kick a man I was when riding, he's down already. I, because I was riding on the the New York Giants high too, and and they just got annihilated by the Philadelphia Eagles, thirty eight to seven. I mean, they mentioned it in the broadcast that Jalen Hurts was not a hundred percent, but Jalen Hurts looking like Patrick Mahomes, where it's like even when they're injured, they're still better than majority of the quarterbacks in the league, which I was not expecting. So that's why I thought the Giants would have kept it a lot closer, would have been able to cover that seven and a half because I was like, oh, if you get the hook, then, you know, I think they would have only lost by seven. But nope, Eagles defense was better than I expected. As I mentioned, I believe in the Giants offense because of their new head coach, Brian Dayball. But man, Philadelphia Eagles look scary. And again, Jalen Hurts isn't even 100 percent. And I will take back everything bad I ever said about that team because they look really, really good moving on in the NFC championship. But yeah, thanks a lot. I blame AC. He was over here too. I I I asked him. I asked him. I'm like, do you have faith in your Giants? And he's like, yes. I'm like, okay. I even tried. I wore green on that day to try to just jinx the Eagles and it just backfired. Um, uh, A colleague of ours in in Texas used to cover the the Cowboys. he tweeted something after the game. Oh, this sorry. I, I'm again. Uh, sorry, I'm so far ahead because we were talking. I, I was thinking Dallas, but um, but no, the Giants. I I tried to to wear to green because how like every time I take a team, AC always seems to wear that color, and the the the, the plays never <laughs> ma- like. He was probably me. decked out in his Giants gear yesterday. That's why, or Saturday. That's why they lost. I tried, dude. I see. Like I tried to take one for the team for him for y'all's sake, and it didn't work. So. Fortunately, the Bengals made up for that as they were my pick to beat the Bills, but we will talk about the Sunday games in a couple of minutes on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network 95.1 FM and AM 760. One, two, one, two, three, four. Recapping the divisional round of the NFL playoffs. As we mentioned, the Eagles were pretty much the surprise of the day. I didn't expect them to lose or anything. I expected them to be the Giants, but just the pure dominance on with the Jalen Hurts that was not 100% was really surprising to see. And they are now the favorite to win the Super Bowl at plus 260, followed by the Bengals at plus 270. And the Chiefs now are the third favorite to win at plus 270 as well and the 49ers at 3 to 1 odds. So it really like moved a little uh, quite significantly and I think a lot of that has to deal with again with Patrick Mahomes now with his injury going back in. Although, you know what? Chad Henney didn't look that bad. He got them that touchdown. But the Bills, the no surprise. I was I thought that was like the easiest play of the weekend where I mean, I told you guys all last week from Monday, I'm like going with the Bills, Bills to win straight up on that money line all the way. The Bills, I don't, or not the Bills, sorry, the Bengals to win straight up all the way. The Bills, I did not believe in them with just their offense and even no Von Miller and just, you know what? I'm like Bengals all the way. Joe Burrow is doing Joe Burrow things. There was a lot of speculation and doubt just because of their depleted offensive line for the Bengals, but if it's just, anything like we saw last season, he didn't have an offensive line and he still made it to the Super Bowl. Probably would have won the Super Bowl had he had an offensive line. But the guy's used to it already. And I'm like, how is this line? The line closed at, at minus six for, in favor of the Bills. And I'm like, what? 
And like I said, you guys heard it here first for a whole week. I'm like, nope, Bengals, Bengals all the way. Bengals twin straight up, beating the Bills 27-10. Easiest play of the playoffs. I'll tell you what, it just shows too. With no Von Burf, uh, Von Perfect. I, I just watched draft day the other day. <laughs> Vontae's perfect. I just, um, with, without Von Miller, <laughs> sorry, without Von Miller, that the Bills suffer because there's there's no pressure. Like they get no pressure defensively, and and teams just have a day. And and even like you said, with that with the Bengals, a uh, team that doesn't really have a strong O line, like it shouldn't have been that way, but that's the case, right? And so it just shows you how important a guy like Von Miller was. And then you look at like last year's Super Bowl for the Bengals. You're right when you don't have that line to protect you. When you guys, but with the Rams had in in Miller, um, Aaron Donald, and um, why am I drawing a blank on the third one? It was and um, it'll come to me. It'll come to me. But but Jalen Ramsey. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, so he takes so Ramsey takes care of the secondary. But then you had you know both Miller and and Anson being able to apply pressure. Um, Aaron Don- uh, to apply pressure pressure to the, to the uh, Bengals and 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 Burrows. It shows you what they can do. But the Bills don't have that. So now you're really relying on the offense and, and Steven Digg and also, of course, uh, Josh Allen. But even that, it's so much pressure on that offense to, to put up numbers consistently. Like, I, I feel like they just ran out of gas. You I watch mean- them, they ran out of gas. Like, Josh Allen's arm looks tired. Well, like I said, I think Brian losing Brian Dayball as their offensive coordinator was a significant loss for that offense. And now you're just going to – like I, I was saying last week, you know, last year was their, their chance to make it to the Super Bowl and maybe win it. And unfortunately, the overtime rules just – didn't go in their favor and fortunately it led to a change in the playoff overtime rules but I mean the window is done and Joe Burrow just proving that he is a top three quarterback in the league and you know what I'm gonna switch out like I've, you've heard me mention and talk about the top quarterbacks and I've, I would always say Patrick Mahomes Joe Burrow and Josh Allen but I'm like after seeing Jalen Hurts and looking at Josh Allen I'm like that's gonna swap for me because I'm oh. like damn I'm like Jalen Hurts is like the I surprise I just, I just I look at Josh Allen I just he looks tired well I don't know he I don't think his skills have diminished I think there's a lot of pressure on him to perform week in, week out with no with no defense really. I, I just I, I think he's got to put up astronomical numbers and I think he looks tired. Like he's wearing a lot well, right probably now. Probably because again, no Brian Dayball. But mm. Joe Burrow, nonetheless, and that explosive offense with the, the receiving core that he has just annihilating the Bills 27-10. And I mean, by the way, just to remind everyone too, when we talk about Von Miller, Von Miller was I mean, he's part of two Super Bowl teams, would have been part of three had he stayed in or injury free because he was with the Denver Broncos when they won their Super Bowl with Peyton Manning at the quarterback went to the Rams they win a Super Bowl and I'm like he is an important key at in, 40 years old yeah, dude, and putting crazy. pressure on the opposing quarterback but you don't have him you just their offense isn't as explosive as it was with a Brian Dayball and this is what happens, and the Bengals just look awesome. Joe Burrow can play without it. Like, we were joking that, hey, we could play offensive line, and Joe Burrow would probably still <laughs> win. Like, he could take a, basically yeah. nobody's. We were, also, we were also joking just a little bit ago. Like, when did you ever think in the, 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 the you know, the, this time period we're in right now that the Jacksonville Jaguars, to me, have a better shot at a Super Bowl before the Bills do. Like, I just the trajectories are in two different planes and right I said, now. And the New York Giants. Oh, yeah, and the Giants. You said the Giants, too. Yeah, like, I, 
they they like, have who would have thunk people, that? and then you're like, oh, there goes the Bills. And credit to the Eagles, won a Super Bowl not too long ago, and they were awful after that. And then now they're looking like they're going to be back in it. Now the new favor to win. And it's funny too. Remember when they won that Super Bowl and then they blew everything up? We were like, "What are they doing?" Like you just come, you're coming off. Guess it looks like it's a smart. It was I a know, smart it's play. Out. I tell you what, though. Speaking of quarterbacks, and I've said this time and time again on this show, a quarterback that is gosh darn awful, Dak Prescott, and not worth that money. I mean, essentially, it was a close game. The 49ers only won 19 to 12. Dak Prescott threw two interceptions, which led which led to six points by the 49ers, and then Brett Maher. Okay, he didn't miss per se, but there's all this speculation that it was on the a trajectory to miss, but it did his extra point did get blocked. So that was basically the swing that. Like when you look at the breakdown, like seven points that they lost by, and those were the seven points. Dak Prescott throwing interceptions because he's not that good, and the missed extra point. But for the most, and I, I mean, I did say it last week. I felt like the Cowboys could compete in this game because Brock Purdy is not amongst the elite quarterbacks, and Micah Parsons and that Dallas Cowboys defense, I think, would have, and they did give the 49ers quite. A time, but just the fact that your quarterback, who you paid a lot of money to, and but you know, I I don't know. I apparently like I don't know what I'm talking about. How many times where I'm like I don't know why Dak's asking for that much money because he's not that good. They gave it to him, and he's not that good. And now I can go back to what I wanted to say oh, yeah. earlier. Uh, R.J. Choppy, a colleague of ours in Dallas, covers the team. Uh, he tweeted yesterday, just shortly after the game. He said, "Listen, I love Dak Prescott. He's my favorite quarterback in the NFL." But this is what life looks like in the NFL when you don't have a truly elite quarterback. Just something mm-hmm. we have to live with. You either have Mahomes, Burrow, Allen, you can add Jalen Hurts to that, that list now, etc., or you don't. And we don't. And and so, you know, two things he learned from this game. He says Dak ain't it, but San Francisco ain't it either. Yeah. Which is true. Yeah. Dak ain't it, but either is Frisco. I mean, because they, they have an Brock Purdy is doing just fine as a game manager, but he's not an elite quarterback, even though the organization, I believe, announced that he will be the starter and not Trey Lance. So I guess whatever. I guess they're just expecting. It's hard to, it's hard to yeah, change it up when you're winning. Yeah, and Trey Lance didn't like get a full opportunity. So you don't know how good or how bad Trey Lance can be just because they but they traded away a lot to to get him. But Brock Purdy isn't it's nowhere near the top of these other quarterbacks that we mentioned throughout the show because Trey Lance seems like a fit for the Bears. I don't know why. I can see Trey Lance in a Bears uniform. Mm-hmm. We have the number one pick in the draft, so there's a bunch of quarterbacks that are coming out and But are there any that are truly elite? Like do, when you look at um when you look at uh uh what's his name from Alabama, do you think cuz he's he's projected number 1, do you really think he's the guy? I don't know. We mentioned that during Bryce the break. Young. Thank we, you. We, we uh, don't we don't really trust the Alabama quarterbacks. I mean, but Jalen Hurts is proving us wrong. Mac Jones is still trying to figure it out there in New England. Tua Tango Vailoa, by the way, um, made a cryptic tweet the other day, uh, a few days ago actually. He said, "Quote: When one chapter ends, another begins. Proud of this last one. Excited for the next one." I think he's just talking about the season as a chapter. Yeah, but then he like posted this photo. Well, one he posted a photo like with the team, and then the second photo he posted is like um, just himself. Yeah, the like the camera's like from the back, and he's like staring off into the distance. And I think he's just make click. What do they call? What do the kids call it? Clickbait. That's what I mean. 
I don't want to say I hope that's what it is, but it's just if, why weird. Would you, yeah, why would you do like to it's us? Not attention, someone that it's I would. Attention, yeah, it's attention he's grabbing, not, and that's the thing. Like that's why. You know, you don't want to read into it, but because Tua has never struck me as the type of um, person on social seeker. media that wants to just cause this type of drama just to cause it. So that's why it's kind of like, what does he mean? And here? the GM just came out the other day, said he's our guy. He's 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 going to continue to be our quarterback. So, I mean, he got a vouch from the from the GM or I mean, there's speculation. Right. And kind of encouragement that he should just be done playing football because of all his head injuries. So it could mean that, too, that maybe his family and his wife is like, you you know what? Just we're good. Like, just don't you need to conserve your your health, especially of your brain. And that's how it is. Well, it was a packed show. So much fun. Have a great Monday for Alan Mia. I'm Kule Agbayani. Mahalo for listening. Bye. Home of the Los Angeles Clippers. KGUAM K236CR is the Hawaii Sports Radio Network on AM 760. 95.1 FM.